Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cumanera, an Experience Points podcast, or an all-queer cast Numenera podcast. I'm Kenny, the cast member who plays the lovable and simple lad Hillian. If you love our show, we hope you'll rate us and review us on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcasts. Every review makes Kelric, the GM and producer's eyes, sparkle and helps new listeners to find us. We don't pay to advertise any of the podcasts on the Excorians Points Network, so we hope you'll recommend us to your friends and just about anyone. Did you know that we had a Patreon? We are grateful to everyone who's already become a patron. You keep our mics on and our dice rolling. We've got some great rewards, so check them out at patreon.com slash Points. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cuminera. I am Kelric, my pronouns are he, him, and this is my wonderful all-queer cast. Please introduce yourself, starting with Jess. Hi, I'm Jess, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Tuna, a mechanical nano who rides the lightning, and her pronouns are also she, her. Hi, my name is Aaron, my pronouns are they, them, and I play Rylu, a graceful glaive who speaks with a silver tongue, and they also use they, them pronouns. Hi, my name is Kenny. Uh, my pronouns are he, they, and uh, I play Hillian Jossa, a... Oh my gosh, it's right in front of me. Uh, an earnest <laughs> Jack who howls at the moon. <laughs> I went blink and I'm like, who am I playing? Who am I today? Yeah, so you get inside and it's, as I said, now you can see it. Um, it this, it's a huge, huge city in here that is like nothing you've ever seen before it is these trees are just taller than anything you've ever experienced and the risers are constantly going all over the city and you can tell that the trees are segmented into just multiple levels and those levels have like some built stairs that wrap around trees that don't have handrails, they're just open stairs, so hope you don't fall. There's um, there are those ladders that sort of bend and, and sway with the trees, and you can see as you look up higher that the trees are moving in this wind a whole lot more than you, than you, you might anticipate. And so, you know, it, it can be a little intimidating if heights are not your thing but those ladders are much more common because their flexibility makes it to where they go with the flow much more easily. <laughs> um, yeah, and you just see people moving around and it, it, it looks very fluid. It's a very interesting travel method to get around, but everything seems to work fine. Nothing's, no one's fallen to their death. Everyone look. It looks like a standard city where it's actually very peaceful. On the lower floors, you see uh, the roots are actually really high in several areas. So in the front, they're like three stories tall before you actually get to the trees. And there are like stairs built into the roots that lead up that get you to the first riser level. And then as you look around, some of them are much shorter, like single story homes and then, you know, ways up and around into the, the canopy. Um, there's a few actually constructed buildings along where the, the entryway wall is and stuff. And if you look around, you can 
see and smell uh, animal pens off to your right and you know to your left you just see some some buildings that are put up one looks like at the guard station and you know where all the guards start their day and what have you and yeah what are you doing I think we need to go and pen the means right yeah it's probably a good idea all right. Uh, do, do you two do you two think you can climb these, or should you two do, do you two want to go pen the amines while I go find where we need to go? What are your thoughts? I want to stick together. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to split up. Um, this entire town has been built with these, so I feel like even if we struggle, they're they're meant for people to climb, so it should be fine. Let's pen the amines, which hopefully won't take long, and then we'll all go to the the northeast section to look for Gaston. All right, let's go. So Ephraimon is a big city, and it's a remote city. So the prices are actually a little higher. Um, you find out that lodging on the mid zone is roughly 10 to 100 shins a day. If you go higher up, it is only two to five shins a day and you know the places are a little more rough so the higher you go in the trees because there's more sway there's more danger the likelihood of something happening is perhaps a little bit more uh dangerous likely so they the the prices there are between two and five and you know if you pay five shins a day for lodging there it's reasonable if you pay 10 uh, shins at the mid zone it's a pretty decent quality place the 100 shins a day i think you get the idea um for lodging all three of your anines for every night is one shin just to lodge them it's another shin to feed them so two shins a day all three of them taken care of who is going to keep track of that um, I can. Cool. So just keep a note of it. And I mean, we're not going to be super crazy about shins, but just keep a note. And I, I'll probably ask you every 15th session, how much have you spent? Just checking. Do I need to give you more shins? It's a thing. Um, cool. So you have parked your anines. You have gotten them set up to be fed. You have learned about the cost of lodging what are you doing i think we climbed to the midsection if i remember correctly it's the northeast section of the middle area that sounds about right so yes you are heading off to find Gaston, and uh i'd like some dexterity checks um uh just some real quick speed checks if i can get um, one from each of you. Let's see how you do at navigating the uh, varied systems of travel within Ephraimon. All right, Tina with a 16, Hillian with a 12, okay. and, and Riley with a 15. All three of you actually do just fine. Hillian is, struggles the most because they're tied to Tuna and because they're easily distracted. And I mean, let's just be honest, if 
everything here is so unique to, to your experience that there's a lot here to, to draw Hillian's attention. I think uh, Hillian is talking about the accommodation, but like, we should stay at the top level. I think the swaying and the creaking would be very soothing. Oh, Hillian, didn't you know we're actually staying outside tonight? We know how much you love the forest sounds when you sleep. That's true. That's true. Okay. Plus, you get to pitch a tent again. Isn't that exciting? We know how much you love pitching your tent. <laughs> okay. Cool. I, I wouldn't put that in the top 10 list of the things I like to do, but I do it out of necessity. <laughs> a moment of clarity for Lillian. <laughs> I we love all have cast. Don't we? <laughs> I have no idea what that what that that word soup was, but cool. Um, sure, you make it to the mid level, and <laughs> you look around, and what's really cool is you see that the way the mid level is set up is you come off the riser that you were on, you step out onto this broad set of planking, and it's like someone's outdoor deck. If that outdoor deck were as wide as I-5, like it's gigantic. It's like they have filled in all of the space be between all of the trees with this decking. So that it is a solid just flooring. Concourse. Yeah. And but what's cool is as the tree moves, you can see all of the planks sort of wavering and bending and you realize that they have found a way to build this such that the the trees are not going to break up what they have have built it's really cool and then you see that there are ladders or stairs that sort of wrap around trees that then there are homes built in and those homes that are built in are either like little nests that are outside of outside of the tree almost like a wasp nest sort of feel that's on the side but it's a, a human-sized home and uh there are others where they've actually carved into the tree to build their home and so you have no idea like a squirrel's den where it's that this one entryway and then you have no idea how many floors within that tree there are that they live in but is a very cool different set of styles of homes. And then you see that there are all different kinds of beings who live here. Like there are some, uh, there's a family of uh, red skinned with like a fin on the top of their head, people who are just walking and it's a, a, a triad of three adults and some kids and they're just walking along to go wherever they're heading to and it's got a very uh sunday in the park feel as people are just sort of walking around doing their business but everything is very relaxed and you can tell everyone just feels very safe and comfortable and so yeah you come out onto this bucolic visage of a uh raised village in the forest 
that is something unlike anything you've seen before. I have a really good feeling none of us are going to know where we're going, so I'm just going to stop a passerby and go, oh, excuse me, can you tell us where the Aeon Priesthood resides? Uh, give me a, an int roll. I don't have to add anything, just just a quick int roll. Oh, How about a 20? A nat 20. Yes, I, I, I do. It's my home, and this person has, like, they have the normal like sort of going out look of anyone else here where it's real casual, but they do have a chain around their neck. And then they have a probably about three inch wide uh, mark of office as an Aeon priest, but you missed it when you first reached out because you were a little overwhelmed and they do have a jacket. So the jacket had, had partially covered it, but you basically found one of the Aeon priests in the in the area, and so absolutely. Oh, excuse me, I didn't see your symbol. Um, we are also from the priesthood, and we are looking for Gaston. Oh, well, all right, that's that's me. And who are you? I'm gonna let Tuna take. I like waved to Tuna. <laughs> you just rolled a nat twenty on oh, okay. on this. You're good. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm okay with my history. We don't know that. Um, oh, hello. Uh, we were actually sent to find you by... Hegfred. Hegfred. Uh, we met him along the road, and he told us to come and find you. Oh. Oh, well, that's... Oh, that's wonderful. It... I... That's... What a surprise. How lovely. Well, why don't you come with me to my home? Uh, can I see your priesthood markings? Uh, you should all have some uh, some token that you are from the priesthood. Like, Hagprud had a symbol on himself, and now this priest does. You all would have almost like, it can be a coin with the priesthood uh, symbol stamped on it. It can be a, that's like on a charm bracelet, or a necklace, or something. You would have some piece of jewelry on you that would mark you as being, as part of the priesthood. Riley will pull a uh, bracelet with a coin out of their pocket to show. Awesome. So uh, put that in your inventory. Just mark, create uh, an inventory item. And what is um, Hillian's? Because <laughs> a Hillian has a T-shirt. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Hillian has a, an amulet. Okay. And Tuna. Um, Tuna has a. Uh, she will lift her arm, and in one of the sort of like metal ports of her arm, she sort of like pokes it, and it um, kind of like a, a little plug comes out that has the symbol on it. But when it's like plugged into her arm, you can't see it. So she has to actually like remove it to show it. Beautiful. I love that. Okay. So Gaston starts leading you off to their home in the city of Ephraimont. And why did. Uh, my husband sent you to find me. We met him along the way. We were deployed to... I swear I have these notes. The Jidawan. Thank you. I gotta have that in notes. <laughs> we were deployed to a Jidawan, and we were coming here to update the priesthood on the status of the mission. Uh, he met us because he was headed to a Jidawan. Well, yeah, Jidawan's his usual first stop when he leaves, just to check on on the people there. You know, they, 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 it's a small village and it's, it's 
pretty safe, but they sometimes have injuries, and, you know, him being a, a healing priest, he, he, he really likes to make sure that everyone's okay, so he does check in. It's been, it, this is his, his first time out in about, ugh, I think nine months heading in that direction, so it's, it's, it's been a while, so I'm sure they'll be, I'm sure they'll be relieved to see him again knowledge question uh i thought that he had never been to that place before or is that just what he told us or am i misremembering he'd been there and he said that he did circuits of the area he just hadn't been in a while gotcha okay i thought he had like not been there before okay and then, like i was thinking like maybe he lied to us or i misremembering. okay i he think didn't... it was that he hadn't been there since the transformation had happened mm-hmm so okay um so but but he did know about the transformation before right like he had mentioned it to us like uh, something we heard i heard something has happened to them yeah he heard something had happened but he didn't know the exact details just couldn't make it out there earlier because his circuit was taking him elsewhere yeah uh, he he had mentioned that he hadn't been there in a while uh he he have have you heard about what's happened to the village I haven't gotten much detail no one really is headed that way recently and we haven't hmm there was a caravan that came in a while but i didn't really talk to anyone so i don't know i i, I usually stay here and and help direct the other priests to, to head out on their next uh, assignments but well we can get sure he is capable he's 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 a wonderful man and just he is very capable as a healer well, we can get into the more official priesthood business once we reach uh, your, your where you live, but uh, I that's part of the reason that we did come here was to hope you would either have another assignment or could send off uh, to have a pickup. Oh, yeah, I can absolutely do that. I do have a, a far speaker machine, so we're fine. So tell me about yourselves. Well, I'm Rilu. Uh, I this was actually. One of the first missions I've been on for the priesthood, uh, so I'm, I'm so happy to have such a, a great receiving here. And um, I, I'm a performer by trade, and very I love this town that you live in. Wonderful. What kind of performance do you do? Uh, weapons dancing mostly. Um, all sorts of dancing. Take out the weapons; it's the same thing. But oh, yeah, that's really popular on the higher on the higher levels. That's good to know. Maybe I could put on a show sometime. Yeah, it's it's it's. It's being able to do it in the swaying trees that makes people so excited about it. And the rest of you? Oh, uh, I, I, I'm Hillian. Um, yeah, I, I just been going along and um, finding really cool things. And um, we, we found some really cool mushrooms. Oh, actually, your, your husband gave us some really good mushrooms. Do you have any more mushrooms? Well, I, I, I stock his stuff, so I'm certain I do. Well, if, if you wouldn't mind, I, I would love to have some mushrooms. Well, we'll just check our stores when we get back to the to the lodge. Okay. I think we can make that happen for you. Thanks. And you? I'm Tiuna. Mm, I see. And Tiuna, why are you tied to your friend? That's a, a, a strange way to travel if you don't. I'd love to tell you all about it somewhere in private. All right. And they lead you over to, to their home, which has the symbol of the Aeon Priest on it. And it is one of the homes that's almost like a wasp nest that's built outside. So it's about two stories tall. And it's got 
the stairs that are built onto the outside of the tree that sort of curve around and take you right to the door. And they unlock the door and they invite you in. They do point off to the side of the door and you can see that there's a, a set of little cubbies for shoes to go in and they, it, I would be grateful if you could take your shoes off when, when you come in. It's just kind of how we like our house to stay clean. You see them take their shoes off and put them off to the side and, and continue in. Do, are you all polite or not? Tuna doesn't, but it takes a minute because her her boots are like they've got metal bits even on the outside, and it's because like part of it actually like connects to her like ankle <laughs> and foot. So she'll take them off, but she looks very annoyed about it because it take it's it's a process. <laughs> comes out, there's machines working. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> have to use a drill to unscrew stuff to get it off. This is going to take forever to get back on. <laughs> cool. And the other two, you just do it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I got my, my I got my laced up boots, but it's, it takes me less time. Hillian has slip-ons, so yeah, he just takes them all. Makes perfect sense. Sense. Alright, so y'all come in and Gaston is a little shorter than... Who's the shortest one of you? Ironically, probably Hillian. Okay, so probably about two inches shorter than Hillian is. And, you know, older looking, they have this sort of yellowish tan colored skin and brown eyes and, you know, some laugh line wrinkles around the side of their eyes. A very just jovial person. You can definitely see, based on your experience with Gaston's or Hegprud's, um, interactions with you where you could tell that they were a kind person. Like this person is a really good match for them where Hegprud is very kind and serene. This person is more jovial, but also you can tell that they, they have a, this ability try to try and connect with other people. You can definitely see why they're housed here as the main point of contact, because this is someone who puts people at ease just by being themselves. So this is about as private as we're going to get because they've asked you to lock the door. They did not lock the door on you. They just said, please lock the door when you come in uh, to give you a sense of control. They feel like that's something that is based on the conversation that Tuna is going to really need to be able to come out of their shell. And so this person, they have this ability to read people fairly well. And so they're giving you the, uh, the control in the, that situation. What were you not comfortable saying on the, out in public about this? And they're, they're like, the two of you, what, what is this? Well, I am, I will tell you, I will answer your questions, but I'd like it if first you could get on your far speaker machine and contact the on priesthood because I, before anything else, I need an ETA for when we'll be leaving here. Well, very well. If I can have your reports, I will get on the far speaker and transmit them. And then once the, uh, the main office has <laughs> checked on your reports, then they'll send us back your next instructions. And they put their hands out for their reports. And Did we know we had the right reports? Do we basically. have reports ready? Hillian uh, has a bunch of reports on um, bark slippers. I <laughs> <laughs> would have a very um, almost like coded report that, or maybe code is not the right word, maybe vague that says 
Um, we went to Adridawan, we found um, a dangerous piece of Numenera and attempted to remove it from the town. A different Aeon priest stole it from us and returned it to the town. The Adridawan villagers attempted to murder us, but we escaped. We failed in our mission of like getting them to like the priesthood. So not enough details for it to be like incredibly useful, but enough that like when the Aeon priesthood gets it, they know that like we're not going back to Adridawan. And would Rylu actually have it or would Rylu have said, it's you and has got it covered? Rylu pulls out a whatever we wrote on and it's like there's smudge marks from where there's like erasures where they fell asleep writing it. Uh, there's like some parts you could tell there was something written and then like canon, even though the person won't know this, Tiuna made them erase it. They were like, you can't put that in there. Like Tiuna triple checked this. It's a disaster, but it's written. It's written to Tiuna code. And, and like, yeah, Hillians is on a bunch of thin bark uh, that they've pulled off the off of various trees, and uh, it, it's um, really. And we go in, and I ate, and and there's also liberal use of automatopoeia. <laughs> of course, there is. He's gonna look at this, and he's gonna say, "Okay, well, I am happy to send these off." for you. However, this is not how reports are written, and the three of you should know that. Since you don't, let me pull out an example, and you can choose to rewrite this, or I can send this off, the office will read them, and then they will tell me to have you rewrite them. Sure, I'll rewrite it. Give me another sheet of paper. Oh, yeah, and he's got everything handy, and as he's handing it to you, he says, Look, I know my husband very well, and... Tuna's already writing, and it says, Adridawad mission failed, get us out of here, and hands it back to him. Yeah, uh, Miss Tuna, I am sure this will work out exactly as you want. I, I'm not going to argue. I will apologize for my husband's behavior. He is headstrong, and this is not the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last. I think it might be. And then he turns to Rylu and he says, do you need paper? Real quick, we know we're like the Z team of of, of the Aeon Priest, right? Like, they didn't care that much about this mission if they sent us. Do we know this? I mean, yeah, because I feel like all, like, you and I are basically, like, you were coerced into joining the priesthood. Tiuna is here, like, unwillingly, and Hillian just sort of got, like, added in at random because we met him, and we're like, well, if you're going to travel with us, I guess you should technically be a part of it. So, like, yeah, I think that we probably know. We're not, like, we mean nothing to the Aeon Priesthood. They send us out to the stuff that they do not care about or, like, don't have time for. At least that would be Tiuna's perception of it, is that, like, she knows none of us are really here by choice. You know that you're not the A team they send out because your driver uh, told you that because they're a dick? <laughs> Miss Bird. Yeah, but they... They don't have missions that they're like, it's completely irrelevant. Like, this was a test mission to see how you all would do and what what they can expect from you and whether they can, you know, put you on more interesting missions or if 
I mean, this one turned out to be a lot more interesting, I think, than they anticipated. And so be it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he'll take the reports from you all. And Tiuna, being as off-putting as Tiuna is, um, he's going to give you space. Oh, I was going to say, I would have taken the option. To, if he has an example, it would have been like, oh, d- you know, I never got that in orientation or whatever the priesthood version is. Like, I never got the intro packet. <laughs> I don't know what this is supposed to. I would love an example. And then I will write it to the example with still leaving out the Tiuna next details, but like trying to make it good. When, when Riley starts talking about that, uh, Hillian will be like, oh, yeah, that's form XYZ9. <laughs> like, Hillian knows what form it is. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, he would sit down and just show you a previous report of, you know, one of the healer priests that came through and an accident that happened and how they managed to save someone who was exposed to one of the war moth weapon things and the person survived, but the kind of work they had to do. And just the level of detail they put in is enough to know what's going on. And in particular, is enough that the Aeon priesthood is going to be content with. So any mention of artifacts or ciphers and no details is going to be something where it's going to hold you up no matter no matter what. But you can I go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, can I roll intelligence to uh, write a convincing thing that we just like found it by a tree because I don't care about directing them in the air or not by a tree, but like I want to write a decepting thing where like, hey, here's all the details about this field that we went to where we found this piece of Numenera. Sure, you can do so. It's going to be a DC, let's say five. So even trained people often fail and you all have been, you know, rolling rocks. It's amazing. So I don't know that that's impossible for you. Go ahead and try and write it. My social skills count because uh, I know how people work. No, this is this is report writing for a bureaucracy. Ugh, gross. Cool. I'll apply effort. <laughs> uh, yeah, that didn't work. I rolled a five. No. Yeah. So he's gonna take your newly written reports and he's gonna send them off. And he is he'll invite Hillian and Rylu and. To you now, but not expecting you to come to where the far speaker is and show you how it works. And it's got sort of like a view screen scanner section where they just put the reports up and then there's a flash and the report is actually out of gone from their hand. And they just do this for each page of whatever you do. They're like, well, now it's it's just waiting. Um, it'll probably be yeah, about two days because you're not their only people. And I mean, we may get a, a request for more details sooner. And they sort of look at Rylu and then, you know, each of you in turn throws their hand up and say, you're welcome to stay here. I have some spare bedrooms. Alternately, there are some fairly decent hotel, uh, hostels all over the place. I can direct you to one that, you know, might be more to your liking than being at a, a priesthood space as he looks directly at Tiuna. I mean, and you can tell he's genuine. He's really just recognizing your discomfort with the space and making sure you have whatever options you need. Like they're like, all my job here is to communicate the stuff and your job is to 
bring me the stuff to communicate. I have no interest in, I have no horse in this race. If you want to be vague, you can deal with the consequences of being vague. Um, Tiona definitely would have gone to see how the fire speaker works because mm -hmm. the reason she handed over the vague version of the report is because she handed it over to Hegfred's partner. So perfectly like, about, while, yeah. Yeah. While he's like talking about all of this, she's like, that's fine. I want to tell you what's going on with my friend here. First, can you make him some food, if you don't mind? I'm happy to. With mushrooms, please. I am not the cook my husband is, but I can... Uh, here, use your spices. And she hands him the bag of spices that she bought earlier. <laughs> <laughs> some pho ready that, you know, they had on... And so they just had to get the noodles and stuff in, and they bring out some... They actually bring out four bowls of on a tray and they sit down and they offer you know utensils to everyone and you know it's mostly chopsticks of course but they have and, and spoons but they have everything you might need and they sit down and say you know it, it's it's lunchtime anyway so you know it's a late lunch but feel free to sit down and let's talk over food yeah they they set it up at a table and sit you down in a very comfortable space um, Tiona eats some of her food, but waits for, basically she's going to wait for Hillian to finish his and then like dump her leftovers into his bowl so that he'll keep eating. Um, uh, Hillian's finished with this bowl in like five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I figured. That sounds super messy, is all I'm going <laughs> to say. It's like splash. <laughs> well, maybe not dump the leftovers on, maybe just like pass her bowl over. I was more thinking Hillian finishing that in five minutes. <laughs> bowl oh, okay. takes a while, and that's a lot. Well, <laughs> oddly enough, you know, there there is no splatter. <laughs> Hillian took out their own just, straw. <laughs> yeah, Hillian is like fastidious enough and is like, like his obsession with food that he probably won't waste any. Cool. Okay. Um, and as soon as, like, Gaston has eaten enough that she doesn't feel bad, like, interrupting his lunch, sort of, like, nods away from the table and, like, gets up and walks over to the other side of the room where at least she's not, like, directly in Hillian's line of sight while he's finishing his food. And she also set, like, more snacks on the table for him to kind of distract him <laughs> once he's done with his pho. I love that at no point does it enter Tiuna's mind to ask Rylu to entertain Hillian so nothing happens. <laughs> Tina's like, just eat all the snacks. Just eat all the snacks. And Rylu is, is like, I'm surprised that she's not like, you have snacks too, because just as unreliable, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, Tina has already tried to rely on Rylu for things and knows that that's not an option. So valid. You ever met a 17 year old that's reliable? I haven't. <laughs> So it has crossed her mind to do it, and she was like, uh, no, because I want to keep Hillian alive. <laughs> Riley's enjoying lunch, so... Yeah, and there is a small library if uh, Riley wants to look around and see what they find. You have the run of the space. Um, this, this person is not... This floor, at least, is not their private quarters. It's kind of the office and meeting area and eating space. And so they're just, be free to look around, do whatever you want. And so they go off with uh, Tuna, and um, the eating space is actually really cool, because you come in, and then off to the left, away from the pantry and everything, it's that sort of 70s style, like two steps sunk down, and then there's a fireplace, and little, it's all cushions to kneel on or sit down on, and this table, and 
Yeah. So it's kind of a cool space, and you have to go up a couple stairs and continue going left, and then there's this little alcove area. There's this little alcove area where um, you can have a mostly private conversation, but you can still see everything that's going on in the room. So what's what's the deal there? How would... Do you know how, like, typical a condition like Howl's Up the Moon is in the Ninth World? Roll an int check. Yeah. Uh, 14? Yeah, you totally, you'd be like, it's not the most common thing. It's... But not, like, unheard of? Yeah, well, especially for the Aeon Priesthood. Like, you would know the Aeon Priesthood would have collected information on this situation from, from people, and you would know that well, I don't know if you would know this. Maybe your first, like, a real away mission sort of thing here. But he will be getting a brief overview of all of you when he gets the response back. Especially with the, the details you sent. He's going to get an overview on all of you and instructions on, we need more damn details. <laughs> so. I mean, Tiana's planning to send more details, but she didn't want to send it through Gaston. Uh, no, I totally get yeah. it. I'm just saying Gaston's going to get this information and going to know more. And they will definitely tell Gaston about the Howls at the Moon, you know, the timing. But he does not know now. Okay. So then basically Tuna's just going to tell him. like the uh, So the reason that my friend is tied to me, he is very easily distracted, especially around this time of the moon cycle. Um, he is getting ready to go into his transformation. And I'm hoping that you can help us find a safe place to keep him during that time. Because our plan was just to come check in with you, send in our reports, call for backup, and then go back out of the city to make sure he doesn't accidentally hurt anyone. But if there's someplace in the city we can keep him where he'd be safe and cared for and we could get him food, then I would prefer to stay inside the city walls. Yeah. Okay. So you've got a couple options here. We do actually have a space specifically for that here. And he, I can show it to you in just a moment. There's also, if you want to go outside... That seems unadvisable to me, only because there's so many things out there. House at the Moon can be pretty loud. And That's why I thought I'd rather stay inside the city. Yeah, and as you say, your friend is fairly distractible. I would assume in their other form that all they're thinking of doing is hunting. Loud and crashing through the forest trying to find something to eat and you following them so that when they transform back you can bring them back here is a lot of danger for yourself and your friend. There, I do have uh, a few options. And so they'll actually take you further back and there is a uh, stairwell down that has a set of three locks on it that he pulls out almost like a set, uh, a set of brass knuckles and there are symbols on each of the four knuckle spaces and he puts them into the locks and he has to, and once they're in, they sort of glow and the locks turn to unlock and open. And he puts the brass knuckle thing back in his pouch and he opens it. There's a stairway down into cage sort of space. And in the cage space, there's all kinds of restraint sort of setups for different types of creatures. It looks like Howls at the Moon is not uh, something that 
he's unfamiliar with. And he just says, well, we've obviously had this several times before. With being a healing order, our, our priests constantly, you know, run into people, especially out here, because Hells at the Moon is... Is a condition that you know people they tend to be as far away from people as possible and we're we're kind of isolated so around here you find people with this condition sometimes so this was one from someone who turned into a ravaged bear and then here's one who turned into some sort of dog thing and you know these are just the binders that we have that you know sort of fit them what does your friend do well don't say do you have anything what don't actually say because i think oh I, I wasn't going to no cool <laughs> um, no, no no that's no cool. that's not really any of his business right now anyway um well do you have anything that's less cruel than this we don't need to restrain him we just need to keep him oh like no. stop him from hurting anyone i apologize the restraints are free if you don't want to leave him here and instead want to go somewhere and restrain him safely wherever you you choose to go um okay otherwise there's like a cot that is obviously sturdy material of some sort and you know it's it's just a camping cot there's nothing special about it it's just a place to lay down or until it's time for the transformation and then it won't get torn up when they are transformed but i mean it's it, it's it's not a hotel it's just a place where it they're locked for safety for the transformation period and then released. Okay. And w would you allow us to use this for Hillian? Of course. Absolutely, of course. It It's really just whether Hillian wants to and you all, or you all can convince them. But, and if you're comfortable with them being here, there's, there are two rooms upstairs if you wish to stay here. Okay, I think this will work. Um, we'll need to find some sort of like livestock trader to buy some some animals for him to eat while he's down here. If you're all right with that. Oh, we can make that happen. Sure. And, okay. And I, I I can I can take care of that. I mean, it's obviously the priesthood will will cover these costs when you're here because there's no reason for you to when we've sent you off on mission mission. Okay, great. Thank you. That's that's all I needed. As long as we can keep him inside this court these quarters until tomorrow night um we can get him down here and i think we'll be fine okay so yeah they lead you back out and you know they're like so it sounds like uh tuna would like for you all to stay here um for the next few days um, do you have any other special needs that we we can i can help you with or are you you want to, you know, search the city? What, what, what do you want to do while you're here? So many more of these mushrooms. They are divine. <laughs> I mean, Tuna's entire plan is to not leave Hillian's side and to make sure that now he does not leave this building. Okay. That's how, that's, that's fine. Um, do you want to maybe write up another version of your reports to send out so that it saves everyone some time or I would love to know who I could uh, who I could contact or who I should contact in town uh, about putting on a performance on the upper levels is this is there like a, a, a performers guild is there someone you need to check in with uh, yeah there's um, 
if you want to to go um, to the upper level, there's someone named uh, Milenik who who can probably help you. They they do handle a lot of the street performers. They're also, you know, if you, you just want to be careful because they do have a reputation for some less than honest work. Let's just, they're probably a criminal on some level, but they do handle, you know, the street buskers. So, you know, as long as you are very clear with your understanding of what you're doing and have your weapons handy, I think you should be just fine. Thank you. I'd love to pick your mind about some shops and some things about the priesthood later, but it's been a very long day. Absolutely. Anyone else? No? Very well. Rooms are up here. It looks like you can bunk up however you want, and if you need anything, I'll, I'm available. They make sure that they point to the pantry and tell Hellion, please just leave enough for the rest of us in the morning. Or <laughs> Before we go to sleep, Tina does actually want to do one last thing. What's that? Um, which is that she actually did have another report that has everything because she does know how the Aeon priesthood works. Okay. Um, but when she realized that Geston was going to be the one sending it, didn't want to send it through him because she mm -hmm. doesn't know him. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as Gustin is like out of the way, she'll go back to the far speaker after seeing how it works and send her actual report, which has basically all the information, but from her perspective. So that between like Riley's enthusiasm and the townspeople's like extreme desire to get fixed, it was their understanding that like we were making a promise that we were not making, that we went and found the um, that like sunken city and tried to block the entrance to it. Um, but we found the piece of Numenera that our understanding of it was that it would just like kill everyone basically, um, which is why as we knew that as long as we didn't touch it, it should be fine. So which is why like Kuna got a night of sleep before trying to get it out of the village, was stopped on the way out. They tried to kill all of us, like tells them like everything again, just from like from her perspective of it. And then including the information that like they met Hegfred on the road who then stole that piece of Numenera and we'll end it with, like, it is my suspicion that he will be dead before you can get there to try to help him. And that, <laughs> that entire village will have been decimated before anyone can get back. Um, if you want to send someone else, that's on you. That's all you, but I'm not going back to Erdogan. <laughs> I think this is really funny because I also planned on sending a different one. Uh, <laughs> So I doubt we meet at the same time because that'd be too perfect, but Rylu is indebted to the priesthood, so needs to do their due diligence and prove to them like, hey, I'm good, let me go. Uh, so they also have one from their perspective. Awesome. Why don't you say what your report's gonna say and then we'll pick up next time with y'all waking up in the morning. So Rylu's perspective is they, they got to this town um, they had, like, we had all talked to them, telling them that we're gonna, you know, do our best to solve this. We are from the priesthood. That is, like, basically indoctrinating of the priesthood because that is our job. So, like, hey, we're from the priesthood. We're gonna do our best to help you. We're gonna try to solve this thing. That's what we're here to do um, because that's where our mission was, you know? And then, so we went, we talked to the parents, uh, got information from the parents, went, the whole tree thing, that's gonna be in as detail as 
Rylu can explain because they don't know Numenera. So like, yeah, and then Siuna made this thing happen. Um, I mean, like, that's what they know. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, so we did the whole thing. We got back. Uh, Tiuna left. Uh, did Tiuna tell us that we, that she was confronted by the, the person? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, Riley will very much emphasize how creepy and, like, power-hungry the village leader is at Alole. The Alole must have ran into... To you, actually, I guess the priesthood probably wouldn't want, like, not details that I don't know. So I would just tell him I woke up, we were trapped in this thing, we fought our way out. Uh, we did have to knock out the village elder on the way out in order to escape with our livelihood. Uh, and then we went into the forest and the whole thing, exactly, cool. that whole thing lines up exactly with Tunis. Okay, sounds great. Um, both of you do an int roll to see if you can figure out how this machine works. Oh, God. And... It is actually going to be a also a, a difficulty five. Oh yeah, Tuna knocks that right out of the park with a seventeen. So not even dealing with the effort and everything applied. So Tuna is able to send their report, no problem. Is it a six for me because I have uh, troubles with Numenera? Yes. Can I? Can it be a five because he showed me how to use it? Uh, he didn't show you how to use it. He just showed. He just did it in front of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't. I can't send my report. I got a four. Yeah. Um, if that happens, I just slip it underneath that dude's door. I just want Tiuna <laughs> to know. I wasn't hiding it from the guy. I was hiding it from Tiuna. Fair enough. You were just unable to si to send it off. It goes. You slide it under his door and off to bed you go. Yeah, super fun. I'm excited that we are now at the point where, you know, we are past traveling and you all are are moving into what's going to happen in the city of Ephraimon. So good job, everyone. This was really fun for me. I'm sorry that we went late, but I really was enjoying this new interaction for you all. So I'm Kelric. I am the narrator for this story i'm really enjoying it i love everyone on the show and i'm really looking forward to what comes next uh i can't remember what else i say on sign off pronouns twitter twitter what would you say jess i said pronouns but oh, i just said where to find you which is twitter basically yeah um <laughs> okay you can find me on twitter at Cormalon, that's C-O-R-M-A-L-L-O-N, and at EQ Points. I monitor both of those. And the, why don't you take it away, Jess? Uh, I am Jess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WriteJessR, W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S-R. Um, and you can find all of the various podcasts and streams and all the things that I do <laughs> <laughs> uh, on my website, writejust.com, W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S.com. Hey, um, I'm Aaron. You can find me at Space Persona on Twitter and hopefully at Geek Girl Con this November. We'll see. And I'm Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at Ponder Drone. Um, I play with Kelric on the uh, Starfinder game, which we uh, stream every other Saturday. Come join us this upcoming Saturday. That's not going to be a thing, because um, I don't know when this is coming out. Um, yeah, so just uh, follow us on at EQ Points to find out when our schedule is. 
Why don't you just redo that and I will cut that yeah. one. No, it's fine. That's fine. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, uh, my name is Kenny. You can find me on Twitter at PunderDrone. I also DM our Starfinder game that we stream uh, every other Saturday on Twitch. If you want to find out what our streaming schedule is, please follow us on Twitter at EQ Points. And thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next time as the adventure in the city of Ephraimon starts to take shape. Bye. So waving is not going to help people on <laughs> on the podcast, but that's okay. I'm just going to stop recording. Thank you so much for listening to Cumanera, an Excorians Points podcast. Are your ears burning for another podcast? We cannot recommend enough checking out our sister podcast, Roll to Fail. There are six friends who have no business behind the mic, or even rolling dice. If you like what we create, then you should check out our other two podcasts on our network. The original Excorians Points podcast is a Starfinder game that releases every Wednesday. Stay up to date on all three Excorians Points Network podcasts at EQ Points on Twitter and on ExcoriancePoints.com. Pardon our dust as I continue updates on the website. Hey there, my name is Sophie Lesnay Redacted. My name is Mara Sunshine. My name is Joe Alias. If you're like us, you love fantasy, sci-fi, and all other forms of fiction. Also, if you're like us, you can't stand that the entirety of those genres get dominated by incredibly boring and interchangeable cis, white, abled, straight, male protagonists. Stories like that just weren't relatable to us. So we started making our own. Come join us at Dungeons and Queers, a podcast where we play tabletop RPGs like D&D and Interstitial, and focus on creating stories with diverse characterization and good representation of marginalized groups. We try to tell serious stories in a lighthearted way, focusing on themes like overcoming loss, finding your true family, and subverting your fascist government at every opportunity. Find Dungeons and Queers wherever you listen to podcasts if you're interested in hearing stories about people like you.